Chiefs win again. It is their fifth straight win and another one-sided game and a lot of praise for that Chiefs defense coming off that win on prime time. Welcome into the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I am Farzine Vestugan, joined alongside DJ Evans. Merry Christmas to all of you. Hope you guys are enjoying your Christmas festivities. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. Hope you guys are enjoying the holiday week with your friends, families, whatever it is that you are doing and whoever you are spending it with this week. Surely we all got a holiday gift on Sunday night with that big win over the Chicago Bears 26-3. We will recap that game. We'll talk about this Chiefs defense and man, there are a lot of intriguing stats with this Chiefs defense during the team's five-game winning streak and then we'll preview the game between the Chiefs and Chargers. Very early preview. Some stuff we don't know such as the referee, uh, the announcers for the game, the TV map, so yeah, obviously the injury report. So we're going to exclude a lot of that on this episode. But nonetheless, we can still preview that football game. And then we'll look at the playoff picture. And there's a chance that the Raiders could come to Kansas City in a couple of weeks. Yes, the Raiders still alive. They needed five things to happen last week, and they need five more things to happen. And those five extra things might be doable. Uh, the Raiders could pull it off. Uh, also, we will tell you, as of now, who would the Chiefs play if the playoffs started today? You're not going to like that answer. All of that on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at Farzine21. Follow DJ on Twitter, at ChiefsFanshy. Zach is not with us, but you can still follow him at ZStegna. And again, uh, interact with me on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook. Like the page, facebook.com slash Again, Text line 913-808-2119. Got a couple of texts. We'll read those as well. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share the link. Spread the word about the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Like I said, joining me this episode is DJ Evans out in Chicago where the Chiefs just were. DJ, how are you? You uh, you rubbed that win in uh, some of the Chicago Bears fans around you? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, actually, my wife... Did more. She was uh, wearing her Chiefs gear loud and proud today, and we met up for lunch. And it just so happened that there was not only a Bears fan in gear uh, at lunch today, but also a Chargers fan, which I was kind of questioning why any Chargers fan would be wearing <laughs> um, anything team related at this point in the season. So, yeah, it was a fun, uh, fun, not suspenseful game. It, felt like we were in control from the kickoff to the end. It was, I, I One of the few games this season that I was absolutely not worried about. Yeah, and I've got to say, and we'll get into the game too, and look, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm also a fan of football, good football. Um, this was boring for good reasons. It was, it was boring for good reasons. You know, I, I was just waiting for, I mean, sure, we, we saw the Chiefs go out there, get into the end zone a couple of times. Um but it was just, you know, you weren't even challenging this game, and the Chiefs just flat out dominate. But I do want to back up one second. Uh, so I don't think I've ever asked you this. How? Where were you born originally? Are you from Kansas City, or did you pick pick the Chiefs up while living in Chicago? So actually, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs my whole life. Um, I was a Joe Montana gro- uh, fan growing up, and you know, 1993 when he was traded to the Chiefs, I was about 13 years old. And, you know, I went with my favorite player and then he played there for two years, obviously. And once he left, there was no way I was going back to the 49ers because at that point I hated Steve Young because he, in my opinion, took, you know, Joe Montana's job. And so I stuck with the Chiefs. Um, 
Took some uh, pretty tough 90s playoff losses and early 2000 uh, playoff losses with that. But, yeah, it's funny. You know, everybody that hears I'm a Chiefs fan, especially when I say I'm a season ticket fan, or I'm sorry, a season ticket holder, they're always like, were you, did you grow up there? Did you, were you born there? Like, they're they're like kind of shocked. So it's, it's funny that you asked that. It's funny. Like, I mean, I, I've interacted with a lot of Chiefs fans who listen to the podcast and follow me on social media who are not from the area, but they were never born here. They have, you know, no any they have no personal connection at all to the city, but they just picked up on the team because they liked some of the players they saw in the past and they just stuck around forever. I was going to ask you, so your wife, was she a Chiefs fan when you met her or did you convert her? Because I see her on Twitter. She's always, I mean, I, I believe you that she rubs it in uh, in the face of Bears fans more than you did because she's, she's always, uh, <laughs> she's she's pumping the Kool-Aid oh, yeah. uh, with this football team. It, she was not when we met. Um, she, I, I wouldn't say she, she was kind of a passive football fan, but she was a quasi, you know, Bears fan by default. And then oh, okay. <laughs> the, the the thing that changed it was she always loved Travis Kelsey. I can tell you that. I mean, that's that's her huge. Not every every woman does. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that might be. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna even. Say, I, I was gonna say that might be a Christmas present for her, but um, <laughs> it's maybe something Travis Kelsey related. I'm gonna tell her uh, not to listen you, until after Christmas. But yeah, hopefully, if you're listening, Lauren, <laughs> turn off the podcast. That's right. But the the thing that actually made her like a diehard Chiefs fan is she, for our anniversary in 2016, uh, her wedding anniversary, she bought us tickets to go see the Chiefs Raiders Thursday night football game in December. And we went there. It was five degrees. It was really, really, oh, yeah. really, really cold. But after that game, she became a diehard Chiefs fan. And, you know, <laughs> some, she, she literally is – you know, at times I was kind of crazy about it, and I would throw things and be like, "I'm done. I'm not watching this game anymore." I go upstairs. She's she's doing that stuff now. It's kind of funny to watch that and, <laughs> and, and be like, "Oh man, that was me." <laughs> there was a um, longtime listener who I listened or who, who I met um, earlier this year. Him and his wife they came to Kansas City, and they were asking if if, if I could meet up with them. Um, and uh, the guy's wife they're from Boston. Uh, the guy loves you know all Boston sports teams except for the Patriots he's a Chiefs fan and he converted his wife who was a Patriots fan I'm like dude you converted your wife who you know the the Patriots have won what four Super Bowls five maybe by the time she converted uh and, and you 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 converted her to a Chiefs fan like that is Chiefs fan of the year right like if you can convert, and you know, say what you want. Yeah, sure, that's that's your wife and all. But if you can convert your wife from a Patriots fan to a Chiefs fan, like, I mean, you deserve like every Chiefs royalty ever. Like, like get the best seats in the house for every home game. That dude, if you do he's that, a unicorn. <laughs> like, how do you, like, that's almost impossible to do that. Oh uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how you do that, but hey. Uh, Good for him. Uh, it, it happens. Uh, in any event, a uh, lot of things to get into here on this podcast. Uh, let's start with this Chiefs and Bears game. Uh, you and I already commented on this. You know, it was not a very stressful game in which, you know, with Chiefs, it's almost like the Chiefs have a contract where they've got to make things stressful. Not the case in this one. Uh, and as I said, it was, let's be honest, it was kind of a boring football game. Very lackluster, uh, for especially for a primetime game when, you know, you want your national audience to be tuned in for four quarters. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who turned their TVs off at halftime when the Chiefs were up, I believe, 13 to nothing at that time. 
Uh, look, the Bears made a lot of mistakes in this football game. They left a lot of receivers wide open. And when you do that against a team that has a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes, and when Patrick Mahomes has guys named Tyree Kill, Travis Kelty, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hart, I mean, the list goes on, That you've already lost right there. You've already lost on the play. And Patrick Mahomes did a lot of that, a, a great job on third down by the Chiefs, especially in the first half, gashing through. And even at times, the Chiefs didn't have to do anything on third down. Uh, there were a couple of occasions where the Bears committed penalties, giving the Chiefs a first down and just letting them get closer and closer to the end zone. Now look, the Chiefs did make mistakes in this football game as well, but they overcame them, whereas the Chicago Bears never did. And... The Chiefs took advantage of Chicago's errors. That is what you are supposed to do. Uh, when teams are making mistakes, you take advantage of that. You never apologize for that, especially on the road. Uh, anything you can do to silence that road crowd, and I get it. Chicago's not playing for anything, but it is primetime football. I mean, they're still going to go out. A lot of people are off work. You know, people want to at least get something to feel good about, and any opportunity you get to beat the one and only Patrick Mahomes, and for Bears fans, you know, you only get that opportunity once every four years. You want that opportunity, but uh, not the case. And look, I've always been high on Trubisky as well as Nagy, and I'll admit a little bit of bias for Nagy because he was here in Kansas City. But man, here's why Bears fans are frustrated with Trubisky and Nagy. For Trubisky, I mean, it's third and long or fourth and long, and Trubisky will throw it just a couple of yards and expect his pass catcher to get the remaining 10, 15, however many yards it is. And it's like, you know, is that is that play calling on Nagy's part? Is that, you know, poor de- decision making on Trubisky's part? I don't know. But either way, it's it doesn't lead to good football. It's, it's bad football, if anything. And that, of course, leads to a lot of boo birds uh, from the home crowd, which, by the way, two home, uh, road games in a row now, the Chiefs forcing... Uh, that home crowd to boo their own team first the Patriots which by the way they were chanting Brady um on Saturday night and then they do it to Chicago so bit of a trend there not too bad uh good to see and then for Nagy I mean just some of his play calling I know uh, Bears fans have criticized also the, the did you see when Nagy challenged that pass when Mahomes was throwing to I believe it was Spencer Ware or Damian Williams I think it was Spencer Ware he thought it was some sort of a backwards pass, which, if that was the case, that would have been considered a fumble. But I don't know what replay he or his assistants saw that led them to believe that was a backwards pass. Um, I don't know what logic they used there to throw that flag, but it was a terrible challenge, and again, waste of time out right there. Overall, uh, look, I hate to say this because... It is pro football, and you know I, I always want to show respect to all the 32 teams, but let's be honest, it was an effortless win. It really was. The Chiefs, as you said earlier, DJ, they had full control of this football game, and Chicago just had no answer for that at all, and... Uh, and look, Chicago, you know, not a terrible team by any means. They just got eliminated from playoff contention last week. So it's not like they're fighting for the number one overall pick. This is a team that's been in the hunt for quite some time. And the Chiefs going on the road, picking up a, a big, a significant win uh, on the road against Chicago. Yeah, I mean, before the season started, I looked at that game and I was thinking that's, you know, it's going to be a very important game for us because I, I assumed it back in the summer that, 
<clears throat> both us mm-hmm. and the Bears would be, you know, positioned for the playoffs. Obviously, that is yeah, not, a lot of people did. Yeah, obviously that hasn't played out. I think a lot of that has to do with the Bears playing a tougher schedule because they're playing a first place schedule this year as opposed to the schedule they played last year. So tougher opponents mean tougher games. Um, it, Tr- Trubisky just didn't, you know, he he's had a couple of games, uh, you know, not so much last week against the Packers, but the you know the two or three previous games before that he looked pretty decent, um, but. There was a play, I think I would call it the seminal play of the game, where Terrell Suggs and Frank Clark uh, had pressure on him, and he took one of those rare uh, sacks out of bounds. He just he ran out of bounds, like he just yeah. he didn't even throw the ball away. And that I, I I don't understand that, especially in year three, that you would actually literally walk out walk out of bounds rather than just get rid of the ball. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of those third and fourth down plays, he just doesn't look comfortable. And what I kept saying yesterday was, if you've got him in a third and long or fourth or fourth down situation, you blitz him. There is no way he's he's going to convert that. He he's just he's mostly, in my opinion, a one read quarterback, and a one read quarterback isn't going to be able to do anything if you're putting that much pressure. Um, on him and it, it played out yesterday he just he 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 was very I would say less than mediocre and it was it's got to be tough to be a Bears fan and watch that um, to see you know Mahomes versus Trubisky and of course we know Mahomes is getting some criticism which I think is unfair you know he, he counted on his hands that he was the 10th pick so what <laughs> who cares it's so it's so trivial you know, it's not, it's not that big a deal, but they're trying to make it a huge deal that he did that. There was also a moment where, you know, uh, Harrison Bucker uh, did the double doink and Mahomes was on the sideline. They picked it up, him up saying double doink, like kind of a laugh. But I guess if I was a Bears fan, I would probably be upset too because what did they do immediately after he said double doink? They showed the double doink from the playoff game. Last year against the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was the same direction too, I believe. I think that's what um, Al Michaels mentioned because it was on NBC last year. I do remember that. I, I, I recall that weekend all the, the the first three playoff games on Wild Card Weekend, boring as hell, and then that ending right there just added a completely new twist because they did ice the kicker. I think he made the first field goal, uh, but obviously did not count because of the timeout. But yeah, that was that was uh, still one of the more memorable. Uh, endings uh, in a playoff game uh, in a while, uh, but but as far as you know, this whole comparison with Mahomes and Trubisky, yeah, of course. Uh, looking back, Mahomes and Deshaun Watson should have been taken before Mitchell Trubisky. And look, as Chiefs fans, be humble about this. All right, like you know, we we we've been in this situation so many times where. Uh, we keep complaining, saying, wow, Carl Peterson or Scott Pioli or John Dorsey could have drafted this person. And instead, we we got this person and we let a great player slip away. Look, it happens to all 32 teams, okay? All 32 teams passed on Tom Brady on multiple occasions. Even the Patriots said for a few rounds. Um, you know, sometimes you get lucky when players fall to your lap. Uh, because other teams, maybe they did not do their due diligence, or maybe they felt like this guy was not going to be good enough, or 
maybe they didn't feel the need to get Patrick Mahomes. And because of that, he fell uh, not 10 spots, but 10 teams passed up on him. Because keep in mind, the Buffalo Bills did have the 10th overall pick. And instead of drafting Mahomes, they traded him to uh, to Kansas City. Or the, or, the, or the draft pick, I should say. So look, because I, I, I was on social media, man. And because it was a one-sided game, the announcers need to have something to talk about. Announcers always have backup storylines to share. Uh, they have a lot of things planned out. They don't always air all of them. They just have to expect the unexpected sometimes. If it's a blowout, well, then we got to get ready to discuss some pertinent storylines about this football game. And the biggest one is Mitchell Trubisky being taken before Patrick Mahomes. And because it's a blowout, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth beat the living hell out of that story to the point where Bears fans, I, I don't know how many Bears fans you follow on social media, uh, I, I imagine a lot more than me, but some of the Bears fans I saw on social media, they were complaining about the fact that Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels would not stop talking about that. Well, number one, when it's a blowout, the announcers need to discuss something to keep the viewer engaged. Number two, it is actually a, 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 a valid thing to discuss. I know, Bear, like you said, Bears fans might not like it, but... Um, at the end of the day, that is a storyline. And again, during a, a blowout like this, 26 to 3, what do you want them to talk about? They got to find something to keep the audience engaged instead of turning off their TV and calling it a, a Sunday night and going to bed. Um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. Look, as a Chiefs fan, yeah, we've passed up on a lot of great players, but we've also gotten a lot of great players. Uh, Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, Chris Jones, and Mahomes was a first-round pick, sure, but he should have been taken nine picks sooner. Um, You get lucky sometimes when other teams let players fall like that, and you just just be thankful about that, because a lot of teams right now would love to have a guy like Patrick Mahomes. You're right. I mean, here, on draft night, did I know that Patrick Mahomes was going to be this Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. Um, I was happy that we didn't take Trubisky because he didn't have um, a lot of play. I mean, he played, what, like 12 or 13 games for North Carolina before he was drafted. I thought it was a mistake for the Bears to move up and um, give up all that draft capital. To I think they moved up one spot to take him second overall. I'm not sure who they were bidding against at that point, but... Um, yeah. They had Mike Glennon, too, who they just signed in the offseason, which right. that was really weird, too. So I didn't I didn't realize Patrick Mahomes was going to be this Patrick Mahomes, or at least I thought he was going to be really, really, really special until week 17 of 2017 when they played the Broncos at Denver. That's when I that's when we decided to go to the playoff game that year, even though he wasn't playing. Um, to see the Titans game, but I also bought season tickets knowing that he was going to be the quarterback. I just I had a feeling that he was going to be special. I didn't think it was going to be five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns special. Um, but you know we should be. You're right. We should be thankful because it was it wasn't a foregone conclusion that taking Mahomes ten uh, was going to reap these benefits that we've gotten in this superstar quarterback. Uh, for you know Trubisky. He's in a tough spot, you know. It's not. It's not fair. It's not fair for him because he didn't draft himself second overall. Um, You know, it's that's the Bears. They drafted him, but he's going to always be compared to Mahomes and Watson for his entire 
career. It's not, it, kind of like Ryan Leaf, you know, was compared immediately. To, although you know, Leaf got drafted after Manning, but they always looked at Leaf Manning because a lot of people were saying Leaf should have been drafted before Manning. And imagine if the Colts had done that, what how that would have changed everything. So. Uh, I think eventually uh, it's going to cost the Bears GM, Ryan Pace, his job uh, because he was the one that ultimately decided to draft Trubisky. You know, Trubisky's a nice player. Like, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback, but he's not... He, he, has, some, he has a lot to work on, though. Yeah, he's not going to be a guy that's going to win you a lot of games. I, I would call him more serviceable, uh, more kind of like a Alex Smith-type quarterback. And what's funny is you mentioned Collinsworth um, talking yesterday. I thought it was funny because at one point in the game, and maybe it was just trying to you know f- fill the time because it was a blowout and it was a boring game, he started trying to compare Trubisky and Mahomes and saying how much uh, they're very similar in the way they play. And I, <laughs> I, I looked at that, and I and I was on Twitter about it. I'm like, really? We're comparing Trubisky and Mahomes? Skill set right now. He also they're totally said different. he also said that Austin Ryder has been very good for the Chiefs this year. I, I, that would be okay. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, again, look, um, you know, and, and as I said, you know, let's be humble and appreciate the fact that it did happen. That the Chiefs were the ones that got Mahomes uh, when ten other teams passed up on him, and you know, enjoy. Enjoy Mahomes while he's here. And I'm not saying Mahomes is going to leave. What I mean by that, and I said this in the preseason when Andrew Luck retired, you never know if he has some scary injury or if his career starts to get derailed by multiple injuries. So, um, you know, they always say special things are great, but sometimes they don't last long. And you got to enjoy them while while they last. Uh, so hopefully Mahomes is going to not just be here, but also be here and be healthy and be great for a long time. And, uh, you know, I don't there's no reason to think otherwise. But again, you just never know sometimes. So uh, definitely uh, don't take it for granted. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's a phrase you hear a lot this time of the year. You know, don't take things for granted. And uh, certainly for uh, for Chiefs fans, got to feel uh, very fortunate when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, DJ, we've spent a lot of time talking about Mahomes, and obviously, you know, he had a great day with the offense. Tyreek Hill, I know, uh, had a milestone, 4,000 receiving yards, the fastest, or 4,000 career receiving yards, to be clear, the fastest uh, Chief to attain that in a career. Uh, so obviously great stuff, but this defense has been dominating headlines. They have not allowed a touchdown in nine consecutive quarters, dating back to the fourth quarter of the Patriots game. Let me read you some of the stats for this Chiefs defense. Uh, During the five-game winning streak, eight picks, four of them were against Phillip Rivers, 12 sacks, uh, a 32% conversion rate allowed on third down, so 20 of 62 allowed. Uh, By the way, they were 42% in 2018. And during this five-game winning streak, it's been 32%. They're allowing just a little above 300 yards a game, and in a majority of them being blowouts. Yeah, sure, the secondary is probably just playing prevent defense, avoiding injury, not trying to play too hard so they don't get hurt. Uh, so that could be a big reason why. Again, not bad by any means, especially today in the NFL. Uh, nine straight quarters, as I said, not allowing a touchdown. The Chiefs are allowing an average of one and a half points per quarter. Uh, during those nine quarters. 
they have not allowed more than 17 points in a game during this five-game winning streak. They're allowing 9.6 points per game during this streak. Also, since we're having fun with numbers, if you look at the last two games, they've allowed three points in both games against the Broncos and the Bears. The Chiefs are allowing an average of 0.75 points per quarter in the last two games. DJ, we are in a time where the Chiefs defense is allowing 0.75 points per quarter on average in the last two games. They're outscoring their opponents 136 to 48. And the defense is a huge part of this winning streak right now. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. This defense is better than the offense right now. Never thought I would say that this year, but this defense is clicking right now. And as the narrative was last week, they are clicking at the right time. So I heard a stat uh, today um, that I think over the last four games, the the last time the Chiefs defense was this dominant, like uh, giving up points per game-wise, was back in 1997, which I guess... You might look at it as the golden age of the Chiefs defense. I mean, the yep. Chiefs defense in the '90s was incredible, and the the Achilles' heel was the offense because they couldn't they couldn't do anything in those playoff games. If you look at the scores and if you watch them, and unfortunately I did and lived through them, they just they just couldn't muster any type of offense. So it, it's 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 really impressive to see. It's also kind of funny because you know a lot of people were talking about how the Patriots. Were, they were being called like one of the greatest defenses of all time. And then a lot of people were saying, well, yeah, but who were the quality of the opponents? And I guess we're susceptible to that, you know, argument as well, because we haven't, you know, the last few games, even the Patriots, I would say we played, they were a pedestrian offense. Like they're, they have, you know, Tom Brady at 42 years old and Edelman and not really that much else. So I think we're not, I wouldn't say we're an elite defense, but we're certainly not the defense from last year. I think we're somewhere in between, but in between is good enough to get us to the next level. Um, and as far as the offense is concerned, I know you said that the you know the defense is playing better than the offense, and I would agree. But one of the things that I've noticed is that the way the Chiefs have played on offense, especially the last three weeks, actually I would say especially since the Titans game, when Mahomes went off for 440 yards and three touchdowns, the Chiefs seem to have been playing more of a ball control offense, time of possession. They had long drives yesterday that were like there was I think there was like a 15 play 95 yard drive that sucked up seven minutes off the clock, and they had a couple more uh, six seven minute drives. And that what does that do? That helps your defense because they're not repeatedly going out there exhausted, and so. Maybe Andy Andy is like kind of seeing that you need to have somewhat of a balance. You can't just go out there and try to outscore everybody. You have to look at your opponent and realize that, hey, you know we don't have to go out there and score fifty points if we don't need to score fifty points. Sometimes that's required. Sometimes you have to outscore the opponent. But sometimes you can play a game like yesterday where you just control the ball, you kill time of possession, and you just beat down your opponent to the point where they're just they just give up. That's what the Colts did to the Chiefs on Sunday night earlier this year. And, you know, to what you were just saying, I was saying, I was suggesting the same thing. I said, look, maybe instead of going for these home run plays, which we know the Chiefs are capable of, 
maybe that's hurting the defense. Yeah, sure, there's that momentum factor, but let's be honest, there's this thing out there called fatigue. Uh, and, and that defense, you know, not only are they struggling, but they're also, you know, I mean, they're tired. Uh, the the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Falcons, the, the massive comeback, I remember the Washington Post put out uh, an article pretty much outlining why the Falcons blew that lead. And I don't remember the numbers, but they had some massive uh, comparison basically proving that the Falcons defense, yeah, sure, they made a lot of plays. They had a pick six. They were up, what, 28-3? It was a 25-point lead. Yeah, 28-3. And the Washington Post mentioned that in the second half, that Falcons defense was too damn tired to even be able to make plays, and that's a huge reason. Now, look, Kyle Shanahan and the play calling in the fourth quarter, that was also terrible, really, really terrible. Um, I mean, a lot of even Arthur Blank, the owner, he was already on the field ready to celebrate, and the collapse happened. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is sometimes when your defense is out there on the field for too long, that can allow an offense to come right back. That is one easy, glaring hole they can exploit, and that's all it takes to get back into a football game during a blowout. So yeah, you know, I never thought of that. I'm glad you said that because that's not something I ever thought about with uh, with Sunday night's uh, football game. And you look at the Chiefs' defense. You know, they had Justin Houston, D. Ford, Allen Bailey, uh, Eric Berry, uh, just to name a few, Skandrick, Nelson, Parker. Those were all players on the defense last year, and I know Eric Berry didn't play much. But then you look at your newcomers, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, and now Terrell Suggs. And even though they're hurt, you know, you still were relying a lot on Alex Okafor and Emmanuel Ogba. This Chiefs defense went through a big facelift in the offseason. And yeah, sure, those were necessary moves to make. But still, that many changes on one side of the football, I mean, it is very challenging to try to build on something. And, you know, Tyron Matthew got off to a slow start. Frank Clark got off to a very slow start. Uh, And now you're seeing those guys pick it up. We've gone over this before. Uh, And give a lot of credit to Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo. Now we have a defense that is ascending at the right time. Um, And if we have an... uh, Look, you kind of just hit on this. The offense is not as dynamic as it was in 2018. They're not the third highest scoring team in NFL history once again, but you don't have to have that, do you? Because now you have this big balance on this football team, and as a lot of people were saying last week with the narrative, Chiefs defense peaking at the right time and the offense starting to uh, pick up its groove a little bit. Yeah, you don't have to be the third highest scoring offense this time. Uh, you can just be a team that scores in in the 20s as long as your defense continues to do what it's been doing recently. Yeah, maybe this is going to be the path that gets you to the Super Bowl and Andy Reid proves a lot of critics wrong. Right, I mean, do I, do I think the Chiefs can put up you know, 30, 35, 40 if they need to. Yeah, absolutely. I think that offense is capable, especially if they're healthy. But like you said, you know, we we don't need to do that every game. And last year we fell into that trap of doing that every game. It was exciting. It was fun. I was there for a lot of those games. It was really fun. But what also happened a lot of the time was then all of a sudden it, there, there would be the, the comeuppance where – 
you know, we're up, you know, I'll point out to the, you know, the first home game last year, we were playing the 49ers and we were up, I think like 35 to three at halftime or something like that. And slowly the 49ers just came back into the game. And that second half was just like a slow death where all of a sudden Garoppolo is before he got hurt, they could have tied the game. (laughs) So there's something to be said. I know there's a lot, you know, there's, there's polar opposites on this, this issue. There's, there are people that swear that running the ball and time of possession are not that important. I tend to lean more towards the other opposite and say time of possession and being able to effectively run the football are important because time and time again, I don't care what area you're talking about. If you're talking about the seventies, sixties, eighties, nineties, the passing era, if you look at almost every single playoff game, the teams that win run the ball more uh, effectively than the other team, and they control time of possession. It, uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've looked at a lot of them, as particularly the Chiefs' playoff games, and the Chiefs have won playoff games where they win uh, the, the run, uh, the rushing game against the other team, and they also win time of possession. So those are important factors. And, and run defense as well. Very important factors come uh, come January. Yeah, it's good to see. Uh, I've complained about balance with this football team for quite some time. And since Andy Reid's been here, it's always been a. In the beginning, it was a great defense and an average offense, and then last year it was a great offense and a not so great defense. Now we're seeing both really pick it up at the same time, and I think this is the first time where we have seen. Uh, balance on a consistent basis. So that is huge for the Chiefs moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, they do play the LA Chargers in Week 17, the final game of the regular season for the Chiefs. That'll be a 12 o'clock game. This is going to be really weird for me because I'll be in Vegas for the game. Uh, I still haven't decided. I'm thinking of either going to Blue Diamond Saloon, which is a Chiefs-themed sports bar, oh. or I'm going to go to Lagasse Stadium, which is one of my favorite sports bars I've been to. Um, it's going to be 10 a.m. when the Chiefs play. I have been in Vegas when the Chiefs have played, and they always play at 1 o'clock Vegas time, Pacific Standard time. Um, dude, I, I other than that London game against the Lions a few years ago, I don't think I've ever watched the Chiefs play in the morning. So this is going to be really weird for me this week, DJ. Uh, <laughs> watching the Chiefs on 10 a.m. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know they had a Chiefs-themed sports bar, so I'll have to check that out next time I'm in Vegas. Um, uh, it's awesome. It's called Blue Diamond Solo. Do you remember the uh, the construction worker, Jared uh, Gerard DaCosta, I, th- I think is his name? Uh, he buried a, a Chiefs flag under the Raiders stadium. Yes, yes. Yes, he he texted me last year because uh, I had him on the podcast, and he told me to uh, come out to uh, Blue Diamond Saloon, and uh, he said Christian Okoye was going to be there, but I already had plans uh, at Legacy Stadium, so I don't know. Maybe I try uh, Blue Diamond this time. Maybe I don't. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I heard uh, Christian Okoye goes there a lot, so would be cool uh, to watch a Chiefs game with Christian Okoye, and at least in the same bar, uh, sports bar as him. But in any event. Uh, a lot of information for this game we don't have because we're recording this very early. We don't know who the referee is going to be, the, the announcers, uh, the TV map, all that stuff. But I'll mention that on social media as the week goes on. Head coach for the Chargers, Anthony Lynn. By the way, the weather we do know, even though it's an early report, uh, high 30s and a good chance of rain. So 
Bring out the ponchos if you're going to be at Arrowhead this Sunday. Anthony Lynn, as I mentioned, the head coach of the Chargers, might be on the hot seat given how the Chargers... Uh, in some people's eyes, they were the favorites to win this division. They did tie the Chiefs, not just for first place in the AFC West, but also for first place in the conference. They both had a 12-4 and record, and now you see the Chargers just being the complete opposite this season. Their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, replacing Ken Wisenhunt, who was fired right before the Chiefs game. Uh, when they played in Mexico, 21st in points per game, 11th in total offense, 6th in passing. Very good in those areas, but 27th running the football. They got Melvin Gordon back. They gave him the money, but he's not doing real well. Uh, running 3.8 yards per carry. He does have 7 touchdowns, which does tie him 10th uh, in rushing touchdowns this year. But uh, Phillip Rivers, hey, uh, a lot of good, a lot of bad. 4,334 uh, yards, that's third most in the NFL. He's got 21 touchdowns and 18 picks. Uh, the 18 picks tied second with Baker Mayfield for most picks this year. Phillip Rivers, uh, well, I'll come back to that, but some of the pass catchers, he's got Austin Eckler, the backup running back. He's got 511 yards for three touchdowns on the ground. He also has uh, 83 catches for 950 so yards high. and eight touchdowns. He leads the team in touchdown catches and second in touchdown grabs, which is very rare for a running back. Keenan Allen, he's fifth in the NFL in receptions with 95. Travis Kelsey right behind him with 94 receptions. Allen has 1,117 yards. That's the ninth most in the NFL. And he's also got five touchdowns to go along with it. Mike Williams, another key player, uh, very close to 1,000 yards. The the Chargers could have three 1,000-yard pass catchers uh, if they if Mike Williams and Austin Eckler both have a good game uh, through the air, which is likely. Um, Hunter Henry, the tight end, also has 50 catches on the year, 610 yards for four touchdowns. The Chargers' offensive line, not very good. They're below average. Sam Tavai, the right tackle, uh, that's definitely uh, a matchup to watch. Whether he goes up against Frank Clark or Terrell Suggs, if they mix it up a bit, that is one to watch uh, at the line of scrimmage. But overall, with this offense for the Chargers, Phillip Rivers does a lot of good things moving the football. He also makes a lot of mistakes. And this Chiefs defense has done a good job of forcing quarterbacks to make mistakes. And then the offense capitalizes on them. So I already like this matchup alone based on the fact that you've got a guy in Rivers who's got 18 picks this year. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, it's kind of a weird setup for Week 17 because the NFL doesn't want... um, you know, teams resting their players because they already know that the game doesn't matter. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I think a lot of I think most of the games are set at twelve o'clock um, central. So, you know, the Chiefs have a chance. It's unlikely to still get the second seed if the Patriots uh, lose at Foxborough to the Dolphins. Again, it's unlikely, um, but it's a possibility and. Maybe by halftime, the Chiefs realize that the Dolphins are going to lose that game so they can maybe rest some of their players. I don't know. But I think this is a kind of an end of an era for the Chargers. I th- I, it sounds a lot like Rivers is very seriously contemplating retirement. So this game could be the last game that Phillip Rivers ever plays. And, you know, he can be annoying at times. I know he's very uh, he's very chatty on the field. Um, and he has been over the years, but the guy's had a long career and, you know, even in a down year, he's thrown for 4,300 yards, but he's had a lot of turnovers. So it, it, I, I don't, I don't expect that the chiefs are going to have much of a problem with the chargers. 
uh, I think we're we're likely to easily win this game as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, wonder wonder who we will be playing in uh, that wild card round, which is likely where we're going to be uh, playing uh, the first weekend of January. Yeah, and we'll get into that shortly. We'll discuss the playoff picture real quickly. Let's go through the Chargers defense, which is coached by Gus Bradley. Uh, pretty darn good defense. Uh, the Chargers have had a lot of close games this year. Their defense has had a hand in that. 12th in points per game, 6th in total defense, 4th against the pass. Now, they're just about average when it comes to stopping the run right in the middle, 16th in that category. You look at some of their key players on defense. you got outside linebacker Thomas Davis Sr., leads the team with 112 tackles, 1 sack, and 4 tackles for a loss. Joey Bosa. A phenomenal defensive end, 11 and a half sacks, ties seventh in the NFL. He's got 20 tackles for a loss. That is second best in the NFL. And you've also got Melvin Ingram, the third on the other side, seven sacks and 12 tackles for a loss. So one of the better pass rushing duos in the NFL. And you've also got some defensive backs that have put on some some speed, some burst trying to get to the quarterback uh, as they've got a few sacks. You've got Brendan Fisson, I believe is how you said, or Faison. He's got two and a half sacks on the year. Desmond King the second also has five and a half sacks. So two two cornerbacks right there that have gotten their fair share of getting to the quarterback. Uh, also got some good players in the secondary too. Safety or Sean Jenkins. He's got three picks this year. Casey Hayward Jr., one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. has a pair of picks this season. Kind of reminds you of Chris Harris. Right now, whereas Chris Harris, his stats aren't what they used to be, but still still one of the better cor- uh, cover corners in the NFL today. And then you've got safeties, Derwin James, Adrian Phillips, uh, guys who come in in rotation sometimes. They're also good cover safeties as well. Um, I'll just say this. My only concern with this defense, same thing going into that Bears game. I was very concerned about Khalil Mack, who, who, who had it his way. That was one of the few bright spots for the Bears in that game. Uh, in this game against the Chargers, you definitely got to be ready for Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And if they can get to Mahomes, this could be a very interesting and a low-scoring affair. I, I think Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are going to get opportunities to give Mahomes a, a hard time and basically frustrate him in this game. But I still think that the, the offensive line will pick it up as the game goes on and, and Mahomes will have chances to uh, put the game away in the second half. Uh, but that's really my only concern with this uh, with this uh, Chargers defense. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed uh, the last few games in particular is that Mahomes has been getting rid of the ball rather quickly and particularly against uh defenses that are quick to get to the quarterback so i wouldn't be shocked if that's the game plan against the chargers uh with ingram obviously and bosa playing you know you you look at you look at the talent on that defense um and the talent on the offense too and you just i just i don't i don't get it and i guess it goes to what you said about anthony lim being on the hot seat because really I, i i the chargers a lot of a lot of people that they were the sexy pick to to dethrone us from the division again and take first place and they just did they didn't do it and they had a lot of games um the one that i think in particular uh jets out at me is the one when they lost to the titans where they they had the ball in the one yard line and it, it appeared they had a touchdown like three times and oh and yeah they fumbled melvin gordon fumbled twice yep and they, it was a, it was an insane ending. I, I, 
uh, that was the end of their season, in my opinion. I, I think once that happened, and they just they they were just done. So I think you're going to see a big difference uh, next year. You're going to see probably Rivers gone, uh, probably Anthony Lynn gone, and just a you know a revamping of that um, that team in general. You'll look at their special teams, coached by George Stewart. Uh, Michael Badgley, their kicker, 13 of 16 field goals. Ty Long, his net average is 18th in the NFL, but his punt average is the fifth highest in the league. Desmond King and Tremaine Pope, they've been handling kick return duties. Uh, Desmond King, though, he has handled the punt return duties. He does have one punt return touchdown this year, but still has a fairly low average this season. So that is the Chargers in a nutshell, uh, DJ, I'll go to you first. What is your score prediction for this football game? So, I I think it's going to be because I think the Chiefs will end up having to play their their starters most of the game because I don't think the Patriots are going to blow out the Dolphins. I think that might be a closer game than we expect. So, I'm going to say 34 to three. I don't I don't see the Chargers doing much against us. And I can see uh, them actually pulling rivers at some point and putting in backups. So I will. I'm going to say we're going to do three again, three in a row. <laughs> uh, they've done three in the last four games too, which is something we did not mention earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. Against the uh, not in not in Raiders. this order, or maybe it was in this order: the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Bears. Yeah, those yeah. they've they held all. Oh wait, no, the the Raiders scored more than three points. Did they? I don't even remember. Yeah, they did. They had nine I points because right. they did have a touchdown that was blocked for a pick two or whatever yeah, you call yeah, that. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, that escapes my mind right now. Uh, but in any event, I mean, it, it may, maybe I just have that wrong. Uh, this Chiefs defense has been on fire. Yeah, two games in a row with uh, three uh, field goals allowed. Yeah, I think that might be the only two. I don't know. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on that right now. I don't have their past schedule in front of me. Um Look, uh, the Chiefs have been kind of stuck in the 20s, which with Mahomes, uh, at least last year, was not a thing. I think th- I do agree with you. I think they'll uh, they'll surpa- surpass 30 points in this football game. And then, uh, as far as the Chargers go, look, I think uh, I-, I think the Chargers are going to at least score double digits, but I don't think they're going to score a whole lot. So I'm going to go 31 to 13 in this football game again. I think the Chargers are going to do some things in this football game, but. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to pull away, as I've predicted in a lot of the games lately for the Chiefs uh, recently, and you've kind of seen that be the case where, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a close affair. They have a few struggles here and there, but then they manage to pull away as the game goes on, and it really becomes a no contest. So I'm going to go uh, 31-13 Kansas City, and if they do win, at the very least, they do have a three-seed as we look at the playoff picture right now. Uh, so here's what you have. You have Baltimore... And with a 13-2 record, they've got number one uh, home field advantage essentially wrapped up. The two seed is still up for grabs. Now, the Chiefs can either get a two seed, a three seed, or a four seed. If they were to lose and if Houston wins, the Chiefs and Texans swap seeds. The Chiefs would be a four seed. Uh, If the Patriots lose and the Chiefs win, then the Chiefs will have a two seed. And obviously, they will not be playing the following weekend. Uh, you've also got the Raiders who, uh, not only would they clinch if these five things happened, but there's a good chance they could come to Kansas city. So here's what the Raiders would need to have happen. 
They need to beat the Broncos. That's one. The Browns need to beat the Bengals. Seems doable. Um, the Texans would need to beat the Titans. That's an interesting one. The Texans are... Uh, now, this is interesting. The Texans play later in the day. So if the Chiefs win, I can see the Texans resting their starters because with a force... I mean, you can't do anything else. You're going to be stuck at a four seed if the Chiefs win. So the Ravens have the luxury of maybe resting their starters if... Uh, the Chiefs win um, for the 12 o'clock game. Then you need the Colts to beat the Jaguars. Uh, It seems a little tough, but perhaps doable. Here's the tough one. The Ravens beating the Steelers. Now, you might think the Ravens, I mean, they're a great football team. Why would this be an issue? Well, John Harbaugh did announce that they are going to be resting Lamar Jackson and a few other starters. So you're not going to be seeing the same Ravens team that we've been used to seeing for really all year long. Um... And I say this because a lot of Chiefs fans actually want the Raiders to get into the playoffs. Imagine that, Chiefs fans wanting the Raiders in, but it's for the purposes of trying to beat them for a third time. Because let's be honest, if you can beat a division rival three times in one season, that'd be great. Uh, I think the Raiders can get at least four of the five, but I don't know if the Ravens part happens. Because the Steelers are also fighting for a playoff spot, and the Steelers are going to be playing a... A, a, a essentially a JV Ravens team. So the Steelers have an opportunity to really, uh, I don't want to say pull off an upset, but they can get what, they, they'll do what they need to do. They'll need a, f- uh, a few other teams to help them out as well. The Titans and the Texans, both teams are going to be fighting hard. The Titans are going to fight hard to stay in the playoff race. And the Texans, uh, if the Chiefs lose, they're going to fight real hard to try to get that three seed. So you got a couple of things right there. Um... Anyway, if those five things happen in Oakland's favor, and if the Chiefs and Patriots win, Oakland visits Kansas City in a couple of weeks. Now, if the playoffs started today, DJ, who do you know who the Chiefs would be hosting? I believe it would be the Titans, correct? Yes. That's the, a little scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not a superstitious fan. I'm, I'm not the fan that likes you know, uh, curses and jinxes and history repeating themselves. I don't believe in that stuff, but I can uh, I can make a little exception every once in a while. And this is one of those exceptions I'm willing to make because for whatever reason, the Chiefs cannot hold a two-possession lead against the Tennessee Titans. Um, so as of right now, the Titans are coming to Arrowhead. I don't like the sound of that. Uh, not one bit. Uh, especially with how good they're, they have been playing lately. Uh, not saying the Chiefs haven't, but... Let's be honest. Uh, some of us are superstitious in this moment, and I am one of them. Uh, who would you rather? I, I hate this question because you know people always say, "Well, who's the easier team to play?" It's like, come on. Uh, if you if you want a Super Bowl, you're gonna have to play the best anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I'll ask it anyway. Who would you rather play Wild Card Weekend? Assuming the Chiefs don't get a bye week, would you rather play the Titans, the Steelers, or the Raiders? Raiders all day. I mean, we. Has Der- I think has Der- actually has Derek Carr won a game at um, at Arrowhead? Nope, he has not. Yeah, so and he's played terrible at Arrowhead. So uh, there, there's no way you would want anybody other than the Raiders. Second would be the Steelers because you know uh, there's nobody that really like it's not Roethlisberger quarterbacking, um, and their running game hasn't been. That astonishing. I think James Conner has taken a step back this year. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has been awful this year. 
and uh, injured. So, you know, of those three teams, yeah, Raiders won, Steelers two. Tennessee, I, trust me, I was at that playoff game in 20, uh, well, it was 2018, but it was the 2017 season. That was awful. It was, a lot of weird stuff happened. You know, we had the forward progress twice, and we had the Mariota touchdown to himself, and one of the worst sports moments I could ever remember is leaving that stadium. It was just Well, I, I will awful. say, the, the first forward progress, that was terrible. Uh, the second one on the two point conversion attempt, that was, I thought that was actually correctly called. I did, but you know, you had an 18 point lead. That's never an excuse to just be shut out. I mean, that was just, and for whatever reason, we just can't hold leads against Tennessee. I I don't get it. I don't either. I mean, we had a 99.4% chance of winning the regular season game this year on that third and four and we blew it. I mean, and if we had won that game, we have a bye week. Let's face it like that. Those those plays, one or two plays in a in a regular season game, can literally affect your playoff situation, your yeah. playoff seating, and it, it certainly did here. So no, you're right, and I, and I was uh, wrong. I, I beg your pardon. I, I I thought a lot of the games were noon games. Apparently, seven uh, of the games are three three twenty five games. So they they've actually uh, loaded the three thirty games. Yeah. Um, so you're right. I. I, I looked at uh, the list of game of like the what the Raiders would need to win, and I thought, well, the Ravens are going to sit Lamar, so Steelers could beat them. Um, I, I think they're playing that at Pittsburgh too, right? Uh, no, that is at Baltimore. Is it at Baltimore? Okay, so yeah. it's a little bit tougher, but I can still see the Steelers winning. But you're right; if the Texans see the Chiefs win, what's the point of playing Watson at that point? Yeah, and, and the, I agree. I could see the Titans. Easily winning that game if Watson's not playing. Yeah, uh, I, it's going to be an uphill battle. It looked doable for the Raiders, you know, twenty four, forty eight hours ago, but now when you hear the poss- when you hear that you know the Ravens are going to bench starters and the Texans, let's be honest, depending what happens to the Chiefs three hours because they they start three hours prior. Yeah, that that might be a, a, a scenario where they say, hey, what the hell are we doing with Watson? Let's let's let him. Uh, take a seat, and he'll be back next weekend. Uh, I know it's not ideal for the home crowd, but hey, let's be honest. Uh, you're more uh, interested in the long run versus the home crowd interest there. Um, yeah, this is good. And by the way, uh, they do flex a lot of games in Week 17, so you're going to have an even amount of noon games and then 325 games. And they try their best to make sure a lot of these teams are playing at the same time. So, like, for the Chiefs... Um, Obviously, the Texans and the Chiefs should be playing at the same time, but they also want the Titans and the Raiders to be playing at the same time. So uh, they had to, you know, kind of pick their poison there. You can't have uh, all the teams playing at the same time. Uh, it seems small, but in, in this year, it's not the case because we don't have a, 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 as crazy of a wild card uh, week 17 as we usually do. Uh, but uh, there are times where, you know, uh, Team A is keeping an eye on Team B, and even though Team A doesn't care about Team C, Team C still, you know, they're 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 watching Team B, and then Teams D and E are also watching Team C because of crazy tiebreaker implications such as strength of victory and, and uh, 
wins against common opponents, you know, things like that, that uh, we don't uh, really follow too closely. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Texans, you know, they, they, they do kind of luck out because the NFL wants the Titans and the Raiders to play at the same time. So the, with the Texans playing at 425, they do kind of luck out. Uh, whereas if they already know what their future is going to be for the playoff seedings, yeah, they, they have it easy uh, on them. If the Chiefs lose, yeah, of course, play Watson. You have something to play for at that point. And I do agree with you, by the way. I, I do want to play the Raiders. Um, not because I think they're easier, uh, number one, I just don't want to play Tennessee, if I'm being honest. And number two, it, I mean, it, it makes it for a great rivalry. It does. Um, beat them three times in one year. That'd be a lot of fun to see. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the uh, playoff picture before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, it. it obviously, Baltimore's clinch uh, the, the the number one seed, so that's that's a foregone conclusion. It, it would have been nice to have the bye week, but I also can see... The, the Chiefs are, what, on a five-game winning streak right now. They look really, really good. And I think they can beat anybody anywhere, anytime. If they're if they're clicking on defense and offense like they have been, uh, they can go on the road easily. They're 7-1. and one. Um, And I forgot the, the last time they were that good. I think it was in the 60s uh, for a road record. So I'm not... I, Arrowhead's great, and the whole mystique of Arrowhead's great. And I trust me, I would love to go to two, you know, playoff games like I did last year. But we could go to Baltimore and beat Baltimore. We can go to New England and beat New England. We already did that. Um, you know, we just have to take care of business at home. And yeah, Tennessee's a little bit scary because they've beaten us the last, you know, three times we've played them, two at Arrowhead. But we also hadn't won a playoff game, you know, before we beat. Um, Houston uh, three years ago or four years ago, we hadn't won a playoff game uh, since 1993, right? Um, you know, last year we beat the Colts and that was the first time we won it uh, home in the playoffs since 1993. So there's a lot of exercising of demons I think is going to be happening and continue to happen um, with a new generation with Mahomes, Tyreek, all these guys now. And I'm really, really excited about adding Terrell Sucks because guy just came to us, you know, what? He reported on Wednesday, I think. Tuesday. Not, and, not bad. And he played pretty well. He played he yeah. played a lot more snaps than I thought he would, and he, he affected the game. So that's kind of exciting as well. You mentioned the five-game winning streak. That's the best this season. And someone mentioned this to me on uh, social media, uh, and I did not notice this. This is now uh, every single season – Andy Reid had under Andy Reid, the Chiefs have won five games in a row every year under Andy Reid. Uh, and I mentioned this on Facebook too, and someone, you know, was referencing that I, my criticism of Andy Reid, that I think he should be fired if the Chiefs don't make it to a Super Bowl, which I did say uh, after the Titans loss. And I said, look, Andy Reid has a lot of great regular season stats. We can go on and on about it. Well, you and I could be here for hours to discuss his regular season success. His regular season success and his postseason success, not on the same page, um, which is still my biggest concern. I, I love what I'm seeing right now from the team. I think if they keep playing like this, obviously, it's easy to think that they're going to go to the playoffs. But we know um, January Andy Reid is a different Andy Reid. That's, uh, that's the biggest co- concern of mine as uh, we get closer to the playoffs. We'll see how that pans out. We will uh, preview the Chiefs playoff game, assuming they play on wildcard weekend 
Uh, we will do that on January the 2nd. Uh, it'll be out late Thursday night. Uh, so you guys can check that preview out. We'll, we'll recap the game a little uh, later because uh, I'll be coming back from Vegas. And then uh, we'll recap that game briefly and then we'll preview uh, whatever's going on that weekend, whether the Chiefs are playing or not. We'll still have something to, to discuss on January the 2nd. That'll be our next show after this one. Uh, let's read a couple texts and we'll call it a show. Uh, first text out of the 816, Mike and Lee Summit wants to know, are we at the point or are we at a point where we could see coaching changes uh, due to interest from other teams or firings? Okay, so he's referring to the coordinators such as Eric Bieniemy. Steve Spagnolo, Dave Tobe. I, I think there's a chance um, Eric Bieniemy could go. Uh, I don't know where. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot, a lot of teams that uh, would, will contact him. He came close. It sounded like he was going to Cincinnati last year. Uh, as far as Spagnolo, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to be back for another season. Uh, Dave Tobe is an interesting one. Uh, Chief special teams has declined lately, and I think... He, he that one's kind of a toss up for me. Um, so Eric Bieniemy, I'd say there's a good chance he could be he could be gone. This could be a last year. Spags is returning, and Dave Tobe is the uh, wild card for me on that one. Would you agree with that, DJ? Yeah. So Tobe, I, I I would be shocked if he got any interviews this year because the special teams have been so bad. Um, and you know he's a perennial guy that gets an interview. He's never gotten a job, which is kind of strange, but. You know, and it is what it is. Uh, Spagnola, he, he he's already been a head coach, and so it's not like somebody's going to look at him and say like, "Well, what could he do in that position?" They we've seen it, so I don't. Well, see Well, sometimes, going. and I don't mean to cut you off. Sometimes these guys do uh, they they don't get head coaching jobs, but they do get the same job elsewhere. Uh, you don't see that as often, but we've seen it happen before. Sure. But I, I I don't see the Chiefs and particularly Reed and uh, Veach letting someone that they really want to keep go, uh, you know, make a uh, a move uh, laterally as opposed to getting a promotion. They're obviously they'd be f- you know in favor of that. As far as Eric Bieniemy, that's that's an interesting question because I would say it was more likely he would get a job after last season just because how how dynamic the offense was. Haven't seen that as much this year. Obviously, injuries played a, a big part in that. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be gone. I think he's going to be our coordinator next year. If for some reason he's gone, you know, Andy Reid always has somebody waiting in the wings. That 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 next person is Mike Kafka uh, or Kafka. I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, I think he, I think he played at Northwestern. He's a uh, He's an intriguing guy. I think he's the quarterback's coach right now, so he would be the next logical person to step into that role and eventually become a head coaching candidate. Sarah out of Wichita, 316. Do you think Andy Reid has held the offense back a little bit to not put things on film and save them for the playoffs? I think what she's referring to and I saw this criticism during the game where the Chiefs offense seemed to be playing much slower. And you and I kind of talked about this a little earlier uh, on the episode. But I did see some complaints that, you know, we didn't see this Chiefs offense put up 30, 40 points um, because, you know, that's what we're so used to seeing. Uh, what is your takeaway when you when you hear that question? My, my take would be I hope so. 
<laughs> because there's a there's a lot um, to be desired uh, as far as some of the decision making, particularly late in games. So my hope uh, all season is that Andy has kind of looked at it and said, you know, look, you got to keep your eyes on the prize. Uh, it's it's not a uh, race; it's a marathon. Kind of like what Bill Belichick does. You're not gonna. The Chiefs didn't see what they would see in the playoff game against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Ravens, when they played the Patriots, didn't see what they would see against the Patriots in a playoff game. So there's something to be said for not showing all your cards. You know, doing enough to win the game, obviously, but you know, don't don't reveal some of your better plays. And one of the, the one of the guys I wonder. Uh, if he's holding back for that reason is McCole Hardman because we have not seen a lot of McCole Hardman. That is a great point, yeah. Uh, he's been used very sparingly. He's had a, a couple games where he's had one catch. He had a game where he had zero catches recently. Uh, you know, I wonder if – because he's had a – in my opinion, he's had a great year. I mean, he's, he's surpassed, uh, I think, the receiving uh, stats that Tyreek had his rookie year. Yeah, uh, you're albeit, right. Albeit not as good of a you know runner out of the backfield. It's worth Rick noting Tyreek had more duties too his rookie True. year running the football too. Yeah, as you just kind of alluded yeah. to, a lot more jet sweeps and all that stuff. So uh, I wonder if we're going to see a little bit more of McColl come playoff time, and that he's just hopefully holding his cards back. So I guess long story short, I'm I'm hope I'm hoping Sarah's right. Uh, you know, I I think it's a it's a very conservative way of going about things. I mean, look, if it's tw- if it's a blowout in the fourth quarter, yeah, of course, you don't you don't do that. One of the things I was upset with uh that blowout against the Broncos, the Dontari Poe touchdown pass, it was cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, you know, in such a in a goal line uh, play like that, that is something I want to save for a a damn close game. Uh yeah. so I don't know. Um you know, it's I have mixed feelings on that. Not to interrupt you, but it reminds me of a game a few years ago where early season game, I want to say it was the first or second game of the season, and the Bears ran a trick play um, on a punt return. Uh, I think they had Devin Hester back there, but they had somebody else back there, and one of them pretended like they were catching the ball, but it was actually the other guy, and they got a touch on off of it. And I, you know, I looked at that and I was like, this is week two. Like, what are you doing? Like, and, and it wasn't a particularly close game either, so they get a lot of criticism for pulling that play, kind of like what you were just saying about Poe. You're right. I never, I never actually looked at it that way, but yeah, why waste that play? They, you know, Kelsey had that uh, play out of the Wildcat against the Patriots, but that was a close game. So yeah, I agree. You, you use those plays in close games, not in blowouts. Yeah, um, it's, you know, and the other thing is, you know, with Andy Reid, you never want to be conservative for obvious reasons we will not get into um yeah i, I kind of have a I, I have mixed feelings on that one um you know uh depending how the outcome of the game is going you know if you don't think the opposing team is going to step it up okay but you know don't ever count them out either uh again i i feel like we've done that a lot under andy reed especially in the playoffs and that's what's come back to haunt us so uh, hopefully we see a four-quarter aggressive uh, Andy Reid. I'm not saying the Chiefs offense was bad by all means. Uh, I didn't really have that criticism, but I saw a lot of people put that out there 
during uh, Sunday Night Football. But nonetheless, I think uh, I think we'll see maybe a change. Uh, I keep saying that every time. At some point, it's got to happen. Hopefully, you do see that change with Andy Reid. That's why I've been so critical of him, of him because he's made the same mistakes for so many years. And I think at some point, you've got to learn from your mistakes, right? <laughs> it's just happened um, so many times. But nonetheless, appreciate everyone who sent in a text, 913-808-2119. We didn't have a lot this week because we're recording uh, pretty much the day after the game. And generally, we give a couple of days. So uh, if you guys wanted to send in a text but didn't get a chance to, you'll have plenty of time for the following week. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to read next week when the Chiefs are getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, Obviously, it's the holiday season. Christmas is this week. It's probably Christmas Eve or Christmas Day by the time most of you guys are listening to this. Uh, Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Uh, Be safe with friends, family, whoever you're with. Uh, obviously this is also the time of year where, you know, where people, you know, should be giving back. It should be a year round thing, but I know it's more, uh, it's something you see more of, uh, during the holiday season. So, you know, it's never too late. If if there's anyone you can help out, if you can donate in any way, you know, do something good, spread the word, uh, you know, uh, spread the love, I should say, you know, just, just spread holiday cheers as much as you can, you know. Even if it's just a couple bucks, you know, you know, when you go to a grocery store or a mall, you've got those people outside that are ringing the bells uh, with the red bucket. You know what I'm talking about, DJ? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, those people. Most of them are volunteers. Even if yeah. it's just a couple bucks, Salvation to donate Army. there. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Elevation Army. Yeah. Even that can still go a long way. Um, so you never know. Sometimes anything you can do to help out, do it. Uh, help someone else out in any way you can. This holiday season, or anytime for that matter. So, DJ, appreciate you uh, for everything you've done this year. Merry Christmas to you. Hope it's a hope it's a good Christmas in Chicago, and hopefully, uh, good things to come. Maybe we get a late uh, Christmas gift in uh, in early February. Same to you, brother. I, I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. It's been a, it's been really fun. I'm looking forward to uh, 2020, and hopefully, we'll be talking about uh, a really really deep playoff run. Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, happy holidays, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Yes, and like I said, we will be back on January the 2nd. That'll be the next time we'll have an episode of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. DJ is at ChiefsFanShy, and you can also follow Zach. He'll rejoin us uh, likely uh, next week, the next time we do a podcast. He is at ZStenga. Give my Facebook page a like and follow me on there. Talk to me on there. Facebook.com slash Farzee Vasugian. 913-808-2119. Send us a text after the Chiefs and Chargers game, especially once the playoff picture is complete. Let us know your thoughts on the Chiefs-Chargers game or uh, the matchup uh, the Chiefs will have in the playoffs. So we'll discuss all of that on January the 2nd, next week's episode. And again, subscribe to the podcast. Share the links with your friends. Merry Christmas once again to all of you guys. Hope it's a good week for everyone, and enjoy the final week of regular season football. We'll be back in 2020. Take care. Welcome to happy, welcome to all you. It's Christmas.